Hi, this is Marv Levy, and you're listening to Ryan and Chad on Friendly Confines. Chad, another special episode of the Friendly Confines and a really great conversation that you had with Iowa Cubs broadcaster Alex Cohen, who's back for his second tour of duty coming on our program, really had some awesome things to say about not only the Cubs, but his career as well. Yeah, I'm all in on Alex. I thought, I just, I appreciate, it says a lot when we have a, a guy back, but one of the reasons we had Alex back is, you know, there was no minor league last year. So it was a really long offseason. We talked about kind of his excitement level around that in the first week of the season. He's calling a no hitter, talks about some of his uh, career aspirations. Not always do you get an opportunity um, to hear the, the the guys that are in double A, uh, single A, triple A, um, the guys like Alex that are out there humping it every single day. Um, but he shares some great stories. He, he gives us some prospects to take a look at and be, be aware of, which is always nice to hear. So without further ado, let's hear the full interview, unedited interview with the triple A voice of the Iowa Cup, Alex Cohen, right here on the episode, special episode of the Friendly Confines podcast. in minor league starting back up with COVID minor league was a casualty for the entire year. What the heck did you do with your off season? That was the longest off season of your career, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I hadn't gone 30 years without not going to a baseball game for a year. You know, I think the last time that happened, I was four. Now I'm 33. So uh, yeah, carry the two, 29 years. So it's been that long since I hadn't consumed baseball in that way. And, you know, we kept ourselves busy. You know, my girlfriend and I, we fostered a dog, then adopted a dog, went from a one-bedroom house to a two-bedroom house to a or to a one-bedroom apartment to a two-bedroom apartment. And then we bought a house and uh, decided it would be really smart to apply to be on HDTV and film House Hunters. And so we, we bought a house, got a dog, we're on television, and yet uh, no baseball was involved in, in those 18 months. But I, uh, I, I, I know you've got all the, you have all the major league aspirations, but I love yeah. that the way you kept your media profile up and raised was- Wasn't all me. TV, you know, was house seven, hunters. Seven o'clock in the morning, yeah, my girlfriend woke up and said, hey, you know, I'm gonna apply to be on HGTV or should we apply to be on HGTV? I said, knock yourself out. Well, famous last words, because, you know, two weeks later we were interviewing, two months later we were filming, six months later we were on television and I was getting uh, eviscerated by social media. So that's how we kept busy. But no, I mean, we've did some stuff with the Iowa Cubs, um, you know, we, simulated MLB the show games mm -hmm. and then I would broadcast those games and we would post them on Facebook and Twitter and um, just having 5,000 people listen to a MLB the show baseball simulation of Iowa Cubs baseball and people commenting and and asking for shout outs I mean it was just crazy I mean people were just so starved for not only baseball in general but but Cubs baseball Chicago Cubs baseball Iowa Cubs baseball it just shows the the intense fan base that that the Cubs have, and um, it really kept us afloat uh, during last year, where where we didn't have baseball, which is something that minor league baseball is not used to. 
So we're just a couple weeks into the minor league season. Mm-hmm. So much happened to minor league baseball in the last couple of months since COVID happened with uh, major league baseball coming in and taking a bigger role with yeah. different uh, affiliates going away or, or disaffiliating. Dis- um, but the Iowa Cubs, they are a solid part of the Cubs organization, the operation. Yeah. So we, I'm going to talk a little bit about the team a little bit, but holy cow. I mean, within a week of your first game, you're doing a no hitter. I yeah. mean, what, what, I mean, walk us through that. So for, so for our listeners and our viewers, you know, if, if you, if you haven't been following what's going on the farm, the, the four pitchers for the Cubs combined for a, for a no hitter um, a week into the season. And I, and I do believe it had been like six or 700 games or days rather since that had happened in the minors. It happens more often. It seems like in the majors, but yeah. it had to have been a thrill for you to call it was. Um, yeah, I call one other no-hitter uh, in my professional broadcasting career. That was back in 2012 with the Huntsville Stars, um, A affiliate for the Brewers. And it was different because in that game, yeah, the Huntsville Stars had a no-hitter, but they walked 11, they committed three errors, and they gave up two runs. Right. So, yes, it was a no-hitter, but an anticlimactic no-hitter. But, you know, for the Iowa Cubs, it was their first no-hitter in seven years, and it was their first no-hitter at home in 37 years. And it was a legit no-hitter, 15 strikeouts, no hits, three walks, and no real threat of hits until that final inning. And, you know, just being able to cap off the first week back at Principal Park in 600-plus days with a no-hitter to give our fans something unique to cheer about, not just coming to baseball games and being a fan in a baseball park, which you're not able to do in 2020, but able to do that in 2021, to be able to do that, to finish off a home stand, to secure a series victory against Indianapolis, an opponent we haven't faced in 27 years, with a no hitter, it was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed it. For our hardcore big league Cubs fans who really just focus on Clark and Addison, and when names come up and and like like guys that you know, the casual fan that may be listening to our show, or the ones that just aren't digging into all the different affiliates, who are you most excited about that's on the field right now that you think you're not going to have them very much longer, or at least you may have just another season. Yeah, no, I'll give you a pitcher and a hitter. Uh, the pitcher's Corey Abbott. Uh, Corey's mm-hmm. a guy who has gone up through the Cubs system in terms of prospect rankings and affiliations since he got drafted four years ago. If you look at Baseball America as the 12th-ranked prospect, MLB Pipeline, he's the 15th-ranked prospect. He came into the Iowa Cubs season in 2021, making his Triple A debut. 2019, he was the Cubs minor league pitcher of the year. Two starts for Corey Abbott. He got his first AAA win his last time out. He struck out 16 batters in 10 games, mid-90s fastball. He's got a cutter slash slider. Uh, that is a plus pitch. I mean, it's one that has generated so many swings and misses through the, his first two starts of the season. I've been really impressed by him. I would be very shocked if he doesn't make his big league debut in 2021. And then from a position player standpoint, a guy who's really impressed in spring training in both 2020 and 2021, P.J. Higgins, he was a guy drafted out of Old Dominion uh, in 2016, just a professional hitter. He came out as an infielder, uh, and then the Cubs transitioned him into being a catcher, but he is your 2021 quintessential utility player. He can play first, he can play third, he can catch, he can DH, he can play the outfield. But he's a what I call a 300 hitter. 3 a.m. he wakes up, he can give you one for three, four quality at-bats, draw a walk, hit a double, two-strike hitting, two-out approach. Just a professional hitter. I mean, he's a guy who's hitting 350 to start the season, on-base percentage around 500, OPS over 1,000 here at this level. When, when hitting is really struggling throughout minor league baseball, and as you said, no hitters, there were 
three consecutive days of no hitters in minor league baseball this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the big leagues, they've obviously had four and a half no hitters. If you consider the Madison Bumgarner, a half a no hitter in seven innings. So uh, PJ Higgins is a guy who has hit at every single level that he's been at. And the fact that he plays a premium position as a catcher, he should be in the big leagues at some point, just with the versatility that he's able to bring and the quality at bat he's able to bring. So P.J. Higgins would be my position player. Corey Abbott would be my pitcher to look out for on the Iowa Cubs. So I want to put you on the spot here. You watch more baseball games and have watched more baseball games than most of our listeners. You just have by your career. You've been doing this for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games. How would you change Major League Baseball? What would you do to fix that? You just mentioned one of the problems there. You know, strikeouts are up. Hitting is down. The offenses seem to have, uh, have started to, to falter a little bit. Uh, anything you would do to tweak the game? It's tough because I, I come from the, the age of baseball purism, that, that I like the game that I grew up with, and I don't want to change it. That being said, at the minor league level, I like the extra inning rule because I'll tell you what, if I'm calling a game solo, I don't want to do 15 innings. I don't yeah. want to do four-and-a-half-hour games. I'm not you know, throwing position players in the 15th inning. Uh, that, that's not what I want. To change baseball, though, for me, and I, this is a realization that I've come to over the last probably year and a half, um, and that was, I want a universal DH. I don't need to see pitchers sitting anymore. Sorry, I got the phone going on. That's okay. Background. Too popular. But I want a universal DH. I mean, yes, it, it's great watching pitchers, hit, watching pitchers like Madison Bumgarner hit five home runs in a year. Uh, but if you look at these guys, I mean, even the best hitting pitchers, I mean, look at Mike Hampton and his era winning silver sluggers as a pitcher. He struck up 40% of his at-bats. You're giving away four out of every 10 at-bats. The average hitting pitcher is hitting 142 this year. 86% of the time, they're getting out. Half of those times, they're striking out. It's a waste of an at-bat. So I, I would. I, I don't need to see non-competitive at-bats anymore. I want a universal DH. Every single person that tells me that they want they want hit, uh, pitchers hitting don't go to as many games as I go to. No. I mean, yes. It, as I said, it's cool watching Madison Bumgarner hit five home runs in a year or when Carlos Zambrano did it. It's fun. Yeah, but for the one at-bat that he does do that in every 10 at-bats, he strikes out six more times and not competitive at-bats eight more times. So. Everybody yeah. remembers Kerry Wood in 2003 in game seven. Everybody remembers Travis Wood. They remember Ariadne. Yeah. They remember yeah. the big ones, but you certainly do not remember the at-bats where the guys just like, just throw three, what, what throw three Walker strikes. Did I don't for care. The I want to go back. Just, yeah, exactly. Not fun. So, yeah, I like that. I I, I, uh, I hear you on the extra inning rules. I would like them to play out a couple extra innings. Like, let's play a couple extra and then put them on there in the 12th or something. Okay. Just give so it a chance. A also, I'm not opposed to a tie. I'm really not – there's nothing joyful. I've never, I, I've done the long games, but there's nothing joy. I don't want to do that often. That's like, that's no. like a one-time thing. You know, it's like waiting. In yeah, I'm, I'm not a, a I've called a 16 inning game before one that took five hours and it's cool to do it once. I don't ever have to do that again. No, thank you. So let's talk again. Some of the other things that you must be excited about uh, marquee network. I might be wrong here. I'm going off the top of my head, but I think 17 Iowa Cubs games are going to be on the marquee. Now you've just off uh, 14 games. Oh, 14. So, my apologies. So no, you're yeah. fine. 14 fine. I Sometimes mean, I uh, fact check on the go because yeah. I don't have uh, extensive notes in front of me. Hey, but if, if you have information that we don't, we'll completely take that. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe the ratings will dictate that it'll go up a couple Maybe. more games, but how excited are you to get that extra profile? I mean, we're talking here about some guys that, that Chicago, 
Chicago fans may not be aware of what's going yeah. on in the farm. You know, it's great profile for you. It's great for the fans. Uh, it's great for player development and player, you know, getting their profile up in Chicago. For sure. What does it mean to you knowing that you're going to broadcasting uh, all, everywhere the marquee's broadcasting? Yeah. So we've already had two games on marquee network or marquee sports network during our first series, actually our first home game we had on marquee sports network. It's been awesome. Uh, just having the listenership from obviously Illinois that we wouldn't normally have on the radio. Uh, but then being able to get that listenership in Indiana, get it in Nebraska, get it in Wisconsin. Um, it's been awesome. Uh, and just getting the emails and the tweets. I'll, I'll give you an example. So during our first Marquee Sports Network broadcast, I was talking about, you know, Boog and Taylor McGregor. They always wear great shoes. Like they take pictures of their shoes. They have like these fresh Nikes, these fresh Jordans. And I'm like, you know what? The only difference is, you know, Boog and Taylor, like they're wearing these fresh Jordans and I'm rocking two-year-old Asics. <laughs> and there's a little bit of a difference there, but I'm saying yeah. that all, you know, tongue in cheek. And I'm yeah. just like, you know, if anybody has a pair of like 11 and a half, 12 shoes they want to send over, go for it. <laughs> well, fast forward to today, I get back into the office after our road trip. I have a package on my desk and it's of a fan from Dubuque, Iowa, who sent me shoes. He says, this is the note right here. Hi, Alex. Enjoy these beauties. Great listening to you on Marquee from Corey, Dubuque, Iowa. That is why I'm excited about broadcasting games on the Marquee Sports Network. Just having, you know, people being able to listen from so many different areas of the Midwest and these diehard Cubs fans that don't quite get the radio signal. That's pretty extensive for us, but being able to get our content to those other states, to those other fans. It's awesome. We'll be right back with Alex Cohen after this. It's time for the Golden Cubs Fun Fact of the Week, brought to you by our partners at Golden Rule Entertainment. For the 1931 season, Bill Veck, who was working for owner Phil Wrigley, came up with the idea to renovate the bleachers, but also add ivy on the outfield walls to give the stadium not only a better look, but to also pad the wall for outfielders. Veck wanted to give fans a feel of summertime at the ballpark. The iconic look paid off as 84 years later, the Ivy still endures and is a staple at the friendly confines. That's your Golden Cubs Fun Fact of the Week, brought to you by Golden Rule Entertainment, offering big league opportunities while owning a piece of a minor league style ball club. To find out more information about how you can become an owner, go to www.goldenruleentertainment.com. And now back to our interview with Iowa Cubs broadcaster, Alex Cohen. Not having Pat in my ear yeah. every day. That If I'm not at the game, I'm not one of those that listens while I'm at the game. Those people, I love those no, people. No, you can't do that. Because yeah, you know, it's can, also can, on like a delay. Yeah. Like, no, you yeah. have to get yeah. Watch the game. If exactly. you're not at the game, choose between TV. I, and I just think though, those are not antisocial, but very just very you know introverted people. And I get it. They just want to be in their thing. I love listening to Pat. I love when he's there and on the radio. What is your preference? You know, what is I don't know from a dream dropper perspective, but what what is your favorite avenue? The reason I love radio is, and I've shared this so many times because why do you do that? Is I've been to all those parks and I've been everywhere yeah. in Wrigley Field. And when Pat explains something, my brain is working overtime to paint that. It's like IMAX in my brain. It's not yeah. mindless. So what, what do you like best? I, I think that radio and television are two completely different broadcasts, in my opinion. Um, when you're on the radio, you are acting as the ears, the voice, and the eyes to the listener. So 
on TV, you know, if a ball is hooking down the left field line into the corner and it breaks the, the cup of a guy drinking a beer, well, you can see that on TV. On radio, you have to explain that and the fans' jubilant reaction and the, the, the round of applause that's going on in the crowd. Why is that happening? So in, in TV, you can see everything. But on radio, it's like you need to explain baseball. You need to find that common denominator of painting the picture and explaining baseball in a fun, creative, informative way to the baseball fanatic like you and the casual baseball listener, my 78-year-old grandmother from Boynton Beach, Florida. You need to find that common denominator of making it interesting because neither of you can see it. You just have to hear it, and it needs to be entertaining to both of you. So there is an element of that to radio that you don't have with TV because you already see it. I know you have major league dreams. I know that you're a, you're a native. Uh, and so, you know, slotting in over there with the Phillies one day would be a great dream of yours, but sure, what, sure. you know, what, let's talk about minor leagues baseball for just a moment. It's such a, it's such a long ride. It's, it's, it, it can, it, it, it's, you're putting in, you're putting in some time. It's, it's a lot of hard work and it's not the glamorous lifestyle that, uh, that they get in the big leagues, but what do you love about minor league baseball? What do you love about that circuit that, uh, that drives you and makes you passionate every day? You know, I've been doing it for 12 years and, and just being able to look back and say that I've been able to go some really cool places and call baseball games. Uh, you know, I was in the Southern league with the Huntsville stars. When would a 23 year old from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania move down to Huntsville, Alabama and live for two and a half years, but I was able to do it and be able to go to Jackson, Tennessee and Chattanooga, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Florida, Birmingham, Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, and, and go to an Alabama football game or an Auburn football game, tailgating for the iron bowl. Um, just being able to immerse myself in those communities. You know, I went to Idaho falls, Idaho for a summer. I mean, the parks that I would go to before that were baseball parks, not Yellowstone. Yeah. And just yeah. being able to, to understand like the outdoor element to it and drive through Montana, a state that I've never been to before and go to my favorite barbecue place called Notorious PIG in Missoula, Montana. Like <laughs> I, you would never do that. Um, so just being able to, to go to all these places, I've also been able to call baseball internationally just through the contacts that I've been able to meet there um, through minor league baseball. So you know, calling baseball in Australia and calling baseball in Japan and calling baseball in Colombia, calling baseball in Taiwan, going to all these different countries and and just going to have that experience and calling baseball in a in a much more uniquely different form. I would never have had that if I didn't go through this minor league baseball grind. So um, I hope I do this forever. I mean, you never know. Uh, but I've all I know that I've wanted to call baseball for a living since I was 16 years old. I'm now what 32 or 33 years old. I don't even remember. So half my life, <laughs> I, uh, I I've known that I've wanted to do this, and uh, I'm definitely enjoying the ride because, as last year showed, you don't know when it could be taken away from you. Yeah, and and uh, I don't think last year counts. So whatever age you want to be, just subtract a it's year. An, it's last an asterisk here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, about Michael Gardner. Um, let's talk about uh, uh, the owner of the Iowa Cubs, or the majority sure. owner. Um, got a little bit of press as as uh, the AAA team started going underway that he had uh, uh, made a business choice um, that not every business was able to do to to kind of keep the payroll going and keep going. With anything you'd like to share, kind of about that story for those that aren't aware. Yeah. Um, because I, 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 you know, myself included, um, a lot of our listeners, we were all affected last year and businesses were affected. Jobs were, were lost and, and yeah. some were replaced. Uh, what was your experience like? Well, you know, if you look at minor league baseball, um, you know, 40 teams were minor league baseball casualties when it came to the you know, 
the bargaining agreement that Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, you know, came to an agreement on. And and if you look at those teams and those in Minor League Baseball, either they got let go or they got furloughed. Uh, and there are a lot of people over the last 18 months in Minor League Baseball who, you know, friends, family members um, are out of the game now just because, you know, they couldn't afford to, you know, take a 12-month furlough and sit on their couch and just collect medical benefits and unemployment. And um, being in an organization that said, hey, from the get-go, we got you. And then I was somebody who, I got COVID. I got COVID in June. And they took care of me. They made sure that, you know, I had all the, the health and medical resources that I needed at the time. Um, not only that, I mean, I was getting phone calls and text messages. If they wanted me, if they wanted, if I wanted, you know, hot and sour soup or matzo <laughs> ball soup. I mean, we, Mr. Garner doesn't feel like an owner to us. He feels like family. And, and to be able to call the principal owner of your team, somebody who, you I mean, he's won a Pulitzer Prize, somebody who feels like family, who's got your back, who, who said at the beginning of the pandemic, like, you're not going to have to worry about you know, going paycheck to paycheck or collecting unemployment benefits or, you know, going through that process, it might take a $4 million hit on us, but we got your back. And to be able to have that in minor league baseball, um, it's not something that you could take for granted because in any industry, not just minor league baseball, so many people were furloughed and lost their jobs. So, but in a volatile industry like this, to have that type of ownership support, it was pretty special. I love that. I love a good story. So we've got uh, just a couple of moments here left uh, with you, Alex Cohen, the voice of the AAA Iowa Cubs. Uh, if you had a dream scenario, if you had a moment in your career, so we'll talk uh, further down the road, what's, what yeah. is that dream? Where, where can you picture yourself? Um, where are you at? What are you doing? What are you calling? What do you aspire to? I mean, right now, obviously say uh, calling games at Wrigley Field. I mean, that is uh, the friendly confines. Just when you think of baseball, um, on a national perspective, when it comes to Major League Baseball, it is four places. It is, you know, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, Dodger Stadium, Wrigley Field. I mean, those, that's the, that's the Mount Rushmore. That's the, the pantheon of, of Major League Park. So, you know, being the, the AAA voice of the Iowa Cubs, being able to, you know, establish that type of relationship with the organization and calling games up at the big league level for the Cubs is, is a dream. But, I mean, one team says, yeah, it, one team scenario, great. There are 29 other teams that if they give me a call and say, hey, we want you to be the lead broadcaster. Yeah, you, you give me the logo, I'll tattoo it on my shoulder. I mean, let's go. Let's let's do it. It's it's always just been being a, a big league broadcaster and being one of the 30 radio broadcasters in baseball. I mean, you asked me a question, what do I prefer? And um, I obviously love radio broadcasting. That's what I grew up with. I, I think that I do have a face for radio. So that, that's, <laughs> that's a nice link for that. But yeah, there's only there's only 30 jobs like this. And, and having one of those 30 jobs is the dream. You know, I think Boog gives us a lot of hope because Boog's not a really attractive guy. So I think he just he you don't I have to be. You know what? Boog, if you're watching this, I disagree. I think Boog, I mean, he's got that that spring honey hair. He does full flow. You're right. right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Boog. I'm sorry. You're very attractive. You're good. Yeah. But no, I think Boog has some good qualities, man. He's got great voice, great hair. Anything from that up, great. No, I, I, I think Boo definitely gives us hope. I mean, he's a tremendous yeah. broadcaster. If you're looking at the broadcasters in the Chicagoland area, like don't take them for granted. With, with oh, Len yeah. Casper, Jason Benetti, uh, obviously we talked about Boog and Pat. I mean, Pat's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think Benetti and, and Len do a great job over there on the south side. So if you're listening to baseball in the city of Chicago, you're pretty spoiled right now. Because Everybody you listed except for – 
of an Eddie we've had on the show. Great. So friends of the show, even Boog. So even, hopefully after my slight, he won't, uh, he won't not come back on no, again. Boog, I got your back, yeah. man. You got great Alex, choices, great hair and a great voice. You're three for three. Promise me this, Alex, when it happens and when you, you get to the next level, please join us back here on the Friendly Conference. Absolutely. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'll give you some of my per diem for that day. Our special thanks to Alex Cohen. You can find him on Twitter. He is the voice of Cohen. How'd you like that? Yeah, he actually talked to us about how he ended up on the House Hunter show in Iowa. That was kind of interesting. What'd you like about that interview? Yeah, it really was. And I actually watched the episode. It was yeah. kind of cool. My wife and I watched it together and I kept saying, he's been on our podcast. I know him. Uh, she wasn't that impressed. But regardless, it was kind of cool. I mean, I think that's great that, uh, you know, he got that opportunity and uh, he's such a nice guy. I, I, I really hope that he one day gets an opportunity to call games. And I, I'm sure he will. He has the talent to do so, to call games that, uh, and gets the call to the majors one day. It's, it's so funny what does or does not impress the people in our lives that aren't as big Cub fans. But I would assumed that she would have been impressed by the house hunter guests that you would talk to previously. Just no, no reaction, huh? She likes the show House Hunters and she was, you know, kind of interested with the sh the, the uh, houses and the condos they were looking at. But uh, that was about it. Like, you know, she doesn't grasp, you know, hey, this guy's on the radio. He's a broadcaster. You know, to her, that that doesn't mean anything. But, uh, you know, I try. I give I give it my best shot, Chad. But you know what? I like to say nobody gets better guests than no, not another Cubs podcast gets better guests than Alex just fits into that mode. And we've got another big one um, next week. We're going to do the full interview with Scott Simon from NPR's Weekend Edition. And there's another one where I was super impressed by that. But I guarantee you, if I told a lot of White Sox fans that the Weekend Edition NPR host Scott Simon or special contributor CBS Sunday Morning Show, they would have just looked at me dumbfounded as if I was talking Swahili. <laughs> well with that let us uh have that opportunity because now we're going to be able to hear from scott simon in our following episode so once again our thanks to alex cohen we appreciate him and we appreciate of course you listening to another special edition of the friendly confines for chad i'm ryan we'll talk to you next time everybody have a good one see you at the ballpark everybody just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley